Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast, the podcast that gives a very slight nod to Tan Up Killian. Congratulations, young man. First of many more, I'm sure. But that aside, uh, my name is Chris. I am your host and I'm joined by Mr. Jeremy Smith this evening. Just the two of us. How are you doing, Jazz? Not too bad, thanks. How are you? Good, good. I mean, you know, I've, I've been been better, you know. The club I support is, uh, is having just another one of those weeks where we are just a clown car club and the other club I follow in France is an absolute shit show. But other than that, life is grand. <laughs> oh, and then there's the Omicron. Anyway, let's uh, <laughs> let's plough on. This week's pod, um, Jez and I wanted to do something a little bit different. We wanted to focus on on the bottom uh excuse the pun there um we are going to cover a little bit of the top of course and i'll run through the results from the weekend's games but we wanted to have a real focus on that bun fight that is developing towards the bottom end of Liga. so that's what we're going to do this week um before we do jump in though we will just well, i say we will i will just run down the results and then we'll pick apart the stories where we see fit so on friday last friday the 10th of december saw an incredible comeback from from nonce uh, who all of a sudden uh, just finding their form probably at a good time of the season that's two straight wins for them they came from 2-0 down uh, at home to Lons. Uh, David Costa had put the away side in front. Callum Moendo made it two before Rollo Colomuani got a double in the 49th and 57th. And Moses Simon scoring a, one of his type of goals. You know, one, you know the one that he scored once in a blue moon and it looks great and then it doesn't happen ever again. But fair play to him, 90th minute, composed and got the winner. So good win that from 2-0 behind for Nantes. Um, Montpellier made Phil very happy this weekend as uh, Brest, sadly their run of scoring in every game this season came to an end. Uh, they lost 4-0 to Montpellier, who again, another club finding their form. Eli Wahi, speaking of which, got the opener, Steffi Mavadidi, uh, Sambia and Valais-Germain. Remember him, he's still going strong, got the fourth late on. Could win that for Montpellier. Uh, another bad day for St Etienne, despite the change of coach, which I'm sure we'll come on to Jez in a moment. So Rams winning 2-0. Toure and Mbuku with the two goals. Dennis Boanga seeing red for the away side. Uh, that was Saturday's action. And then on to Sunday, we saw, um, I have to say, a slightly underwhelming Lille Leon game. It ended 0-0. A uh, friend of the pod, Angus Turrode, was on the comms. And I uh, thought he did a fantastic job keeping it interesting because it was one of those games. There were chances, don't get me wrong. And uh, Peter Bosch owes a lot of um, thank yous to Anthony Lopez. When have we said that this time, uh, this this season, many times before? But uh, he was fantastic once again. Um, but yeah, it was it just it was one of those games. There was a few chances, but it just didn't quite hit the heights that many of us hoped it would. So nil nil there. Claremont got a much needed victory. More on them in the second. Uh, Bio back on the score sheet with a one nil win over Angers, away from home. Penalty with the winner there. But it's a, a big game for them. Uh, Mets, Lorient, not a lot happened. Let's move on. Okay. All right, fine. Uh, Jez was very happy, I'm sure, as uh, Met walloped Lorient by four goals to one. Mets were three up inside 19 minutes. Uh, the uh, uh, goal from Saar, which <laughs> I don't know how much he knew about it, but they all count. Uh, a Yen's own goal for Mets made it two. Belaya got the third before Marich Yen scored at the right end for Lorient to briefly install some hope, which was quickly extinguished by Nian's 80th minute fourth goal. And the points went to Mets, uh, seven straight losses for Lorient. We'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, nice beating Rich's Wren at the weekend. Really good result this for Nice and Galtier. Casper uh, Dorbo from the spot. Yusuf Atal with an absolute thunderbolt. You know, the, the kind of goal that only Atal scores for Nice uh, ended up being the winning goal. Benjamin Burrigar got one back with a well-placed header. And uh, that was the final score, 2-1 to Nice. And a good win that for the away side. Speaking of away wins, Bordeaux got a much-needed victory uh, with a 2-1 win over Troyes and uh, very much relieved the pressure, well, certainly the pressure for the time being on, on Petkovic. Uh, Samia with the own goal, having gone behind to Chevalier's opener for Troyes. And Huang Mujo, who else? Uh, got a bit of a man crush on him. He got the winner in the 54th minutes. Uh, return to uh, good ways for Marseille of late as well. Uh, Bomba Dieng with a really, really good uh, sort of kind of scissor kick, kind of overhead kick volley type thing. A really good, really good finish uh, to open the scoring for Marseille. 
and uh, Duran Duvant Chalatassar with the headed near post second got the points for Marseille. It wasn't quite the game I was hoping for. Strasbourg never really got going, but nevertheless, good win for Marseille. And finally, you know the score, you know the drill here. PSG 2-0 over Monaco. Once again, PSG were a little bit meh. Uh, Kylian Mbappe with both goals, one from the spot after Di Maria was caught by uh, Jibril Sidibe. Uh, and the second, to be fair, second was a good goal, actually. Really good play um, from Messi to release the French international. And he fired into the corner. Monaco, very unfortunate to not come out of this game with anything. Um, they dominated for long spells, but PSG did what they do and they won the game. So um, that was the weekend that was. So, Jess, let's. Um, we are going to also touch, I should mention as well, we are going to touch on the European draws uh, towards the end of the, sh- end of the pod. So uh, we won't forget that. Don't you worry, dear listener. But let's have a look at this, this bottom end, Jess. Um, it would be unfair of me to not give you give you the the mic so to speak here and, and talk about Metz's uh, win over Lorient it is it's two wins out of four for Metz now so you, you have got yourselves from bottom place up to 18th and into that playoff spot um let's focus on that game first of all I kind of called it a six pointer last weekend is it I suppose two questions are you liking what you're seeing from Metz or did you just beat a Lorient side that have, as I said previously have just lost seven on the spin I think it's a, it's a little bit of both. I mean, yeah, six points. I'd have said slightly less so for Lorient. I know you look at the table now and seven losses in a row and it really doesn't look good. But I think if Mess had lost that match, they, they you know, would have felt extremely cut adrift. And, and um, you know, this is their first home win, I think, since January. So um, considering I don't think they play again at home in the league until next January that I mean that would be a pretty horrific stat to be coming into the new year with so uh yeah lots of positives and it obviously pushes them one place up the table but just also keeps them in touch with those above so there's something to work from even though on paper their next match I think is a, is a, a way to Leon. so it's not an ideal way to finish the year but um you know at least at least they're they're very much in touch and, and can sort of still see um, a way to safety. I think had they lost, that would have been a bit different. Um, and yeah, as you said, off the back of the of two bad defeats, but um, before that, I think it was three draws and a win. So you take that, that whole sort of six, seven, eight match period and, and overall it's not looking so bad. Um, I think, if you delve a bit deeper, as you said, it's a match. It was a win against the Lorient team who have now lost seven on the spin and two goals in the first nine minutes for a team who've lost seven on the spin is, you know, pretty confident sapping, even if you're playing a team like Mess. And and both goals are very lucky. The first one, as you said, sort of, you know, a clearance which which hits off from point blank range and he was practically on the line anyway. So um, he didn't know anything about it. No one knew anything about it. And we were 1-0 up after a couple of minutes and then um, an unfortunate own goal to make it 2-0. And and already at that stage, it was probably unlikely Lorient were going to come back. And then an excellent Boulaya free kick. Boulaya, who obviously is thinking in January in terms of transfer windows and African Cup of Nations. So suddenly putting a little bit of a shift in which he often tends not to do. So I think Mess got a bit lucky, but then I've been sort of lamenting the fact that for a lot of the season, at times they've been playing decent stuff and not been getting any luck. So I suppose you also have to say it's about sort of taking those little bits that you get and and making sure that you profit from them, which which is exactly what Mess did this week. Um, I think... Possibly in the background, there's a couple of other things going on as well. That um, you know, a couple. There's, there's. Let's be fair. There's been some players who've been in horrific form, and a couple who've also been sort of mouthing off. And um, so Antonetti has been trying to kind of deal with these things in, in different ways. So Ukija, who um, the mess goalkeeper, who has been in very bad form, but has also been very vocal in sort of slagging off the fans and. Um, and then complaining when the fans slag him off in return. 
he was dropped to the bench. And although Kayar didn't have a huge amount to do, and I've seen some people kind of put a little bit of blame on him for, for not holding on to the first shot, which kind of led to Lorient's goal, which I think is a bit harsh. You know, he he took his chance. He made a, a, a you know, couple of decent saves at an important time early in the second half. Um, Ibrahim Nian, who we've spoken about a lot before, he's been extremely unlucky to have got a bad injury last year, but really hasn't come back to form. He's another one who Antonetti kind of publicly criticised last week and said he needs to stop sort of crying about everything and, and just get on with playing some football. He was dropped to the bench, came on and scored a goal. So maybe he sort of got the kick up the arse that he needs as well. So I think it all remains to be seen how much of these things are sort of long-term positive effects. But considering how bad the first half of the season has been, how bad Messi's results have been against the team sort of supposedly around them until this weekend. If they were to finish this year sort of where they are now, okay, in the relegation playoff spot, okay, level on points with, with Lorient, but only a point or a couple of points behind those those teams directly above them, I think they could arguably sort of breathe a sigh of relief that it's not a lot worse and then sort of look to try to push on in the second half of the season. Yeah, yeah. And, and as you said then, like, you know, you can only beat what's in front of you. And when you come up against a rival who's bang out of form, you've got to take advantage of that. And uh, and that's definitely did that. And fair play to them. Just um, very briefly, because I can't take the pain, uh, what's, what do you think's gone wrong at Orion? I mean, it's not just seven straight defeats. They've only scored two goals in those seven games, uh, albeit barring two defeats that have been by four goals or, you know, or more. Um, most of them have been sort of one nils, two nils, so they've been in games. But would you say Alicia is under a bit of pressure now? Because he, he did a f- fantastic job to get them up and... You know, we know that they're very well run and we know all of the good things about Lorient and there's a lot of good good people behind the scenes that I think will probably try and strengthen that squad. But what seven straight defeats is not, it's not like a, a small issue, is it? it? It's a pretty major collapse for, I'm a bit biased, but what I would argue is a pretty talented squad overall. Yeah, I, th- I think there is a lot of talent there and they, they obviously started the season very well as well, but their, their form has just fallen off a cliff. And as you said, probably a lot of that is down to the scoring goals. I mean, 30 conceded isn't isn't ideal, but no. it's not horrific. There are, you know, good four, three, four, five teams that have got a worse defensive record than that. It's just that if you're if you're kind of giving away goals, but you're not, kind of saving yourself with the odd goal at the other end that's the thing I mean that's that has been a big frustration for Mess as well and and this this weekend it clicked but despite you know Mess Mess's top scorer is their right back and yet they've scored eight goals more than Lorient so it's quite clear where the problem is and and um it's bizarre because you know Moffy did so well last season. I think he started this season well well as well. Yeah. Um, and you'd have thought that there'd be enough sort of players around him to, to make sure that the goals are still coming. But um, you, you kind of, either you need to be a very mean defence, even if it's not pretty to watch, or as we said before, you need to be a, you know, say a Clermont who, whether they play well or badly, if they've got a striker who you know is going to score, you know, a dozen or so so goals in a season, he's almost certainly going to get you enough points here and there to 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 keep you up. Mm-hmm. Um, if if Lorient can't find someone to do that, um, and they're, they're shipping too many at the other end, then then that's a real concern. Yeah, agreed. That was. <laughs> That was a uh, Policio's agent telling me to, to shut up and move on because he wants to stay in his job. Um, but yeah, I do. I do feel like the, the pressure is growing because it, it and it's it's the cliche of all cliches, but it's it's that time of the year, isn't it, where chairman and owners of clubs look at their situations and go, "All oh, crikey." Um, I mean, shall I, we? I don't think that Ferry is particularly trigger happy, and no, true. Just as just as I think it was ridiculous. I don't. I still don't really understand how. Pellissier ended up on the shortlist for coach of the year last year as good as as good as he was and as good as as well as he did at Lorient I don't think he deserved that necessarily no he's also not a terrible coach overnight so 
I would still, you know, I still, I'm not sure getting rid of him is the answer, but at the same time, if Moffy isn't scoring goals, I'm not sure that, well, I'd, yeah, Laurie are in trouble, basically. Yeah, who is going to get them if he's not? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, talk to me about St Etienne. What was your thoughts on the, the new appointment? I mean, I know they lost this weekend, but I think it's probably a little bit soon to judge um, based on the fact he's only been in the job for a couple of days. But what did you make of that particular choice and, and what do you think that that's going to potentially bring for the second half of the season? Do you back them to get out of trouble now? I think, I mean, I, they definitely have the quality, I think, to get out of trouble. They've got, you know, a few of them are sort of mercurial talents, your Kazris and Buangas and Budabuzis or Budabuzis, I don't know what the plural is. <laughs> um, and I still think that, you know, although there's some average stuff in that squad and some talented but very young and, and raw stuff in the squad, they sh- there's no way they should be... A, at the bottom of the table is just, I think, inexcusable. Um, and so I think arguably Pascal Dupraz coming in, that's kind of exactly what they need in this situation, because again, it's probably not going to be pretty. It's probably going to be sort of Joe Royal dogs of war stuff, but that's probably what, what they need. They probably need someone who's just going to, you know, somehow kind of uh, fast track that battle hardness of in those youngsters who haven't been through this kind of thing before and possibly um, focus the minds of Kazris and Budabus and people like that who maybe, you know, their mind can wander at times. Um, the other side of the coin is they're the kind of players who might take badly to that and, and sort of go even more into their shell. But I, again, I just feel the team has been massively underperforming and I think um, Dupraz probably can make sure that he gets the best out of enough players for them to, to sort of climb away from the relegation zone. But yeah, at the weekend, they looked awful. I mean, whether it's uh, it was a caretaker manager in Julien Sable, and I know that I don't think he did particularly well last time he was a caretaker manager either, but they were, you know, they were extremely lucky to only lose 2 0. Um, by the way, um, El Bilal Toure almost scored, for yeah. me, what would have been goal of the season. I know Kasri's against Ness, obviously I'm biased, but I know that's a spectacular goal from miles out. But um, his sort of pirouetted back heel chip oh, is that in, had that not been tipped over, I think that would have been goal of the season for me. But um, yeah, Reims, without sort of, pushing themselves was so much better than Saint-Étienne who looked completely bereft of ideas and obviously Buanga getting himself off, sent off doesn't speak of a great attitude or great mood within the camp either. Etienne Green who I don't think is always brilliant but has won them a few points at times um, uh, he's, he's out now for I think five weeks or five matches I can't remember so um you know, the things are not great there, but I still think that the combination of um, the type of coach or person that Dupraz is and the quality of the squad um, should get them out of trouble. But they yeah. shouldn't be there in the first place, so you never know. No, true. And like you said, uh, Sadly was, was in for last week uh, when Phil and I recorded it. was sort of kind of intimated that he might be in for the the short to mid-term, and then as you say, very quickly, it was depressed coming in and, and it was all changed. And I see I see today he's uh, he's openly admitted he wants to sign uh, uh, Vittorino Hilton, uh, the grand old age of 44. <laughs> I'm not sure that's um, a long-term plan. It certainly would, you know, give you a bit of defensive uh, experience to see out the season, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure that I'm buying that particular signing as transformatory, but we shall see. Um in terms of the other clubs sort of down the bottom, I, I want to kind of group a couple together here because they are all kind of in the same mix. Um, and those being Trois Clermont and, and Bordeaux. Bordeaux and, and Clermont both getting wins at the weekend to snap some poor runs of form for both. Um, ironically, I think both would have preferred that the other lost, so they would have separated themselves. But as it is, they both won. And and Trois, all of a sudden, their form has gone a bit patchy. One win in, in four, um, sort of the one win sandwiched by two 
defeats either side. If I was to say to you that we we can't really take it as a given that St Anthony and Lorient on Mets are going to be the three scrapping it out down the bottom, but it, it seems apparent that they are in the mix. Would it be fair to say that Bordeaux, Clermont and Troyes could just as easily end up below those three aforementioned teams with the wrong run of form, given the state of the table? Because there's a gap of uh, Bordeaux on 15th and 17 points, level on points with Clermont, I should say. There's a gap then to rounds of five points. So are those three clubs sort of not cut adrift, but would you say they're the three that are also going to be in this relegation fight when we step into the new year? depending on what the new year looks like, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to see. I suppose Ras and, and certainly an Oscar Garcia team, you could see potentially their form sort of suddenly dropping off and maybe them being sucked in, but I don't think so. I think that that's a, a good enough gap. Also, if you look at the difference in, in goal difference, you know, that that's basically another point. Um, they're they're, they're on zero and, and next best is 12 and minus 10. Um, that, that's, that's a big gap there. For me, yeah, I think that the relegated... Um, Sonny realised, I don't remember if it's how many are going down this season. It's two, two down plus one playoff. And then I, I think it's next season that we go to the, the 18 team. But yeah, this season it's still two, two plus one. Right. Um, so yeah, I just... Uh, for me, it's definitely, bit, I think it's bit, between the, the bottom six. I still sort of expect Bordeaux to not pull up any trees, but not really get themselves into a relegation fight. But they're, they're still not doing enough. I think, again, they've got in players like Adli, like Huang, as you said, um, you know, Ellis and Udin popping up with your goal, even Briand, I think, you know, that they, they should be okay, but it's still not. Not own Costil at the other end. I still think they should they should be okay, even though it's not it's not brilliant stuff. So yeah, yeah maybe not them, but certainly I think it's going to be between the bottom five. And um, you know, Clermont sort of for the neutral because of the, the their style of play, it would be nice to see them stay up, but not necessarily at the expense of Messolorian. <laughs> yeah. um, Trois. I, th- I thought Troyes as a squad would have more about them than Clermont, but yeah, they're, they're certainly sort of going the, the wrong way. I think mm. Clermont, you kind of worry. I feel like a lot is down to their front three, sort of Alavina, who's injured, Dosu, and, and especially Bayo, obviously. If anything were to happen to, to two or three of them at the same time, I think they, they could really struggle. But Yeah, um, home yeah. form as well for Clermont, would you say? Sorry? That, uh, home form. I think is key with that ground. Yeah. It's got that sort of old school feel, hasn't it? Like a ground where you, you know, like Marseille went and then they won that game, but they were put through a real test because of that ground being so closely, you know, it's so old fashioned and the fans are on top of the players and that they've got to make that a fortress really, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, some of the kind of bigger name players maybe in, 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 in the French clubs who aren't so used to or so keen on going to, to smaller grounds like that. I'm guessing the, you know, the away changing room isn't quite as luxurious yeah. as the one at, at the Parc de Prince, for example. Um, yeah. yeah, you've got to take advantage. But um, yeah, for me, it's probably between three of the bottom five. And, and um, I yeah, I could definitely see either Clermont or Trois being pulled in. But again, I'm, not, I'm certainly not saying it's just down to luck, but, you know, Clermont huffed and puffed and arguably deserved the win against Angers on an off day. But, you know, Buffal hits the bar if that's a couple of inches lower, seven minutes in, then you could see Angers going on to win that game comfortably. Um, Then a a sort of, you know, slightly fortunate. It was definitely a penalty at the end of the match. But, you know, I think, you know, a defender jumping to try to block a cross and it hits the arm. It's always, I always think there's an element of bad luck there. And then yeah. by the other, on the other side, I think Trois, um, I thought their goal was lovely, by the way, a really nice header by Chaval Rand, but um, mm, didn't, didn't hold it for very long. And then um, them as well, they hit the bar at the end, near the end, it could have gone another way. And even, even then, I, I actually thought they should have had a penalty for the, in the same move that you know 
where yeah, the bars across came in, I think someone was clearly manhandled to the ground. So that yeah. could have gone very differently as well. Yeah. Um, Clermont Angers as well. I think Clermont's goal was right after Traore missed the chance at the far post for Angers, so where you'd normally expect him to score. So it really is those fine margins. I know you can't say that at the end of a 38 match season it, it comes down to that, but I, sometimes it just it does come down to those those odd points. And you know, certainly Trois Bordeaux playing each other just as Mess and Lorient. The, you know they're called six pointers for a reason it's it's mm. you know it really seasons do turn on on those matches if not those individual moments and um uh again i'm you know i've come out with about 15 cliches in the last two minutes but <laughs> another one is that you have to try to at least beat the teams around you just make that into a mini league and that's what mess have done very badly until this weekend and and you know, second half of the season, any of those teams, if they lose all the matches against those above them, but win all those against those around them, they'll almost certainly be fine. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And just to add a couple of points that you mentioned there, like you said, I think with Clermont, not only is the home form important, but keeping those key players in January, because you know that there'll be certain teams, <coughs> Newcastle, uh, or maybe not Newcastle now because they've got more money, but, you know, clubs of certain uh, styles, shall we say, that might be struggling in their, their leagues. They might come sniffing for cut price, uh, but talented young players come January. And you just sort of think that's key that the likes of Bio stay, for example. And with Bordeaux, maybe I'm a little bit biased here again. And I know he's a bit old in the tooth, but I, I sort of feel like they need a player like Laurent Koscielny to be fit again to give them a bit of stability at the back. Because attacking wise, I think. Phil made the point the other day, they are scoring goals. I must admit, I did say I thought they needed a striker. I still stand by that because their goals are a little bit flaky in terms of how they come. But yeah, I think defensively is where they really need to tighten up because they've conceded 40 goals this season, which yeah. I think is more than anyone else. So yeah, they're not out of the woods. And as for Twilight, like you say, it's another club that they need to just get onto a decent run, pull themselves yeah. clear. Otherwise, they're going to be in and around that that mark but um on yeah. you always want to be relying on an arsenal captain don't you <laughs> <laughs> any captain of arsenal is not a reliable full stop <laughs> um but no i think i think on his day he's still a, a top class defender but you know fitness is always the, the big thing with him so i guess we'll see how that winds up um just a quick shout out to look to uh, leon who are currently 13th now so uh, that's great um but no all jokes aside uh, that's that's quite it's quite sort of um, illuminating, I guess, when you see them in 13th, which is, you know, a Lille 11th, but you sort of understand with their switch rounds. But I think 13th for Leon is, uh, I think that the pressure is on Peter Bosch over this uh, sort of winter period to get things right in terms of players he might bring in or whatnot, because uh, Leon are still, without Lopez, I can't imagine where they would be in this table right now. So, not good for them. Um, we'll just briefly touch on the top. I say we wanted to focus on the bottom really tonight, but just a, a brief touch on the top. Uh, kind of covered PSG. We've, we've done them a bit to death. Impressed by Nice, though, to go away to Ren and win. You know, Ren have, have been very, very good and barring their, what I thought, disrespectful treatment at the hands of a certain North London club last week. Probably didn't help their preparation for this game. But, you know, credit to Nice. They they turned up and they did a job on Ren, didn't they? Yeah, it was, it was a huge result for them because their, their form had, had sort of blipped a, a bit and, you know, no wins in three, two defeats. And... and I think probably Wren were affected by that that wasted trip to London. And to be fair, they were the dominant team for most of the match. But that's I think that's another reason why it was important for Nice to 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 get that win and make a bit of a statement and just return to being a real Gautier team that when they're playing well, they can win matches. But you know, to go to one of their sort of rivals for probably Champions League places and play badly. And still get that win, I think, is is really big. Um, yeah. Obviously, in terms of keeping in touch with Ren, but also just to to make that that statement that you know we don't just get points when we're when everyone's happy. We we can sort of dig deep and, and eke out those results as well. And um, uh, as you said, even even the goal scorers maybe is a bit of a statement because Dolberg has um, kind of been a little bit the victim of of the good form of Guiri and, and Delors. 
Mm. Um, so he got he got his goal and Atal, who we all know is an excellent player, it's just that he's he's sort of made of cardboard kind of thing. So um, you know, it's nice to see him. I don't know if if you're if you're a Ren fan, you're oh, you know you're never happy when your goalkeeper lets one in at the near post, but it was a fantastic shot. So yeah, yeah, um, and then yeah, to hold on once once Ren had pulled one back as well. So I yeah, a real a real big statement for 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 Nice, I think, and and I guess something for Ren to think about as well because obviously they've been in in very good form, but that's now you know they're still up there, but that's. I think two de- two defeats in three, and not only that, but they're both home defeats to Nice and to Lille. So, yeah, possibly a good thing in terms of sort of keeping their feet on the ground, but maybe also a, a little sign that they're that you know they're certainly not the the finished package yet. That that as soon as they play a couple of obviously <laughs> that that very good win relatively recently against Lyon and then beat Mont- Montpellier as well, but faced with Sort of arguably two of the other bigger teams in the in the league that they they lost both of them at home. It sort of maybe puts them a little bit back in their place. Um, there as well, I think maybe the issue is is sort of do they have an out and out goal scorer that they can really rely on to get them goals even when they don't play well, or yeah. in the case of this weekend to put away the chances when they are playing well. So yeah, um, kind of similar to Saint-Étienne, but obviously in a very different way. I think they've got a few mercurial talents who on their day can beat anyone, but on other days can can go a little bit missing. Yeah, can lose to anyone. Yeah, exactly that. And um, a little nod and a dot of the cap to Teji Savanio, who's having a lovely time as I'm on Pelly at the moment. They seem to be the form side, three straight wins, and they're up to fifth. Uh, Marseille are up to second with their win. And obviously Nice uh, closing the gap on Rem with the win. Um, have you got a sort of a not a preference, but is there a club that you look at and you go realistically they're likely to to be the Champions League challengers? Because I think we all we've all kind of accepted PSG are going to win this league, but is there one of those five, or maybe are you still looking at the likes of Lille, Leon, maybe Lens to come again, Monaco sort their form out? Is there a, a clear front runner for you, or is it still a fluid kind of situation in terms of who does what in the new year? I mean, I still think Monaco, Lille or, or Lyon with a very good run in the second half of the season could get up there because that's the problem. And that's why, although you look at the league table and it looks ridiculous, it looks like PSG are running away with it, which they are. But I mean, as we've discussed so many times, they're not playing well. The problem is the other teams lose match lose matches when they're not playing well generally and keep beating each other so mm. in the meantime PSG are, are somehow eking out these, these wins and and building a 13 point or you know potentially 13 point if, if Marseille don't win their game in hand lead um so I could see those three big teams coming back into it but I do think Marseille, Rennes, Nice and Montpellier have probably got a nice little cushion there and then in terms of sort of who who wins out? I don't know. I still expect Nice too. I still think over a season, Galtier would get, will get his team getting enough positive results. And I think they've got enough match winners in their team. My, Marseille, my, my concern is still the, just how draining it is playing for Sampaoli, both mentally and physically. And yeah. actually kind of surprised to see that they've won three of their last four. It feels like they've been a little bit in the doldrums for a while. So... Um, you know, good for them, but I, yeah, I'm just I'm not sure whether they can maintain that over a whole season. Yeah, um, and then Europe off their back, of course, Marseille as well. Now they're out of Europe, so they've got less. Well, no, to... they're still in the um. Conference. Oh, they go down to. Oh, of course, I keep forgetting. There's another bloody tournament, isn't there? <laughs> so no. they're into the Europa Conference. Yeah, fair dues. Uh, how seriously they'll take that, of course, we'll see. But yeah, fair point. Yeah, that's the question. I mean, for Ren as well. You know, mm. I again, I think Ren have got a, a really nice squad um, as long as all of them maintain their form and possibly a uh, Europa run, Europa Conference run might distract them from that. But mm. at the, I, it's a little bit like the Nations League. I think no one's entirely sure how seriously to take it. But I suppose when it comes down to it, it's a, it's a potential European trophy. You know, you make history by being the first winner of it. It's not something to be sniffed at, but 
Do you put all your eggs in that basket? I don't know. Yeah, fair, fair mm. point. And and if you're Sampaoli, I mean, like you say, European trophy is a European trophy. And, you know, if nothing else, it gets Marseille noticed, I guess, in terms of potential signings. And, and it gets them some money because they've got quite a few players, haven't they, that they're looking at signing long term. I think the Gunduzi deal is all but done. They're looking at making the loan deal for... Um, uh, oh God, I've forgotten. Chengiz under, isn't it, on loan? I think they're looking at, and they've got the, the permanent contract or the long-term contract for Kamara they're working on. So it's all going to cost money, isn't it? So I suppose from that perspective, it's you know, worthwhile being in a competition to try and win it and get the extra money. So yeah, it is an interesting one. I, for me, it's Marseille and Nice are the two I'm keeping an eye on. But just for, just for Rich's sake, I wouldn't mind seeing Ren go up because they've been so good in Europe and I think I don't know if they've been awarded that game against Spurs or not, but it looks like they're going to be. So and rightfully so, given what went on there, um, which is a seamless. Well, they're, trans- they're all right anyway. The question is, oh still- yeah, they're they're through, aren't they? It's just whether they get the uh, yeah three 0 roll on or not. I, I still think I think they should. But I guess we'll see. It's a nice seamless transition before we wrap up today, just to talk about European draws. Um, Feel free to to go through them and which one stands out. I guess would be the question. And did you see the the double draw on Monday? What a mess that was. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I think PSG are one of those teams that arguably um, got a worse draw. Got a worse time. draw the second time round. Yeah. Um, I guess either way, there's so many. I mean, it's such a closed chop now that obviously there's always going to be sort of revenge matches and and subplots and things like that, because it's, it's just become a ridiculously closed incestuous little thing with the same four or five teams sharing players and matches and champions league ties. And it's all, if you ask me a little bit boring mm. um, even that bloody, I you might feel differently as an Arsenal fan because you've actually experienced it, but I, you know, that even that Champions League anthem, which people say gives them shivers, I just, I think it's a dirge. I can't bear I it. I like the Europa one a bit better. It's more catchy now. I think everything yeah. about Europa's better, to be honest. Yeah. It's better competition as well. Um, Teams just go for it as well, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, it was going to be PSG United, which obviously I think on paper is more winnable for PSG, but obviously they've had their issues with United the last couple of years. That's the subplot of. You know, Pochettino's current team against his next team and Messi against Ronaldo and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. That's not happening. So now instead we've got Ramos going back to his old club and Ancelotti going back to his old club and Mbappe going to his future club. And <laughs> so there's always these subplots. And, and he could have signed for them by January as well, of course. Just yeah, I mean, obviously the first thing I'd do if I was Real was put in a clause so you can't play against Can't play against this, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, it's hard. I mean, Real Madrid, they're, they're in a fantastic run of form at the moment, but that's mainly a run of form in, uh, from what I can see, a pretty, not a poor La Liga, but a transitional La Liga where I think Atletico aren't quite at their best. Barcelona obviously are not. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, again, all you can do is beat what's in front of you and 10 wins in a row, whatever it is, is not to be sniffed at. But... Um, dare I say, I'm not going to say Farmers League, but dare I say that maybe Real Madrid haven't been quite as tested as, as PSG have the potential to do to them. Yeah. But then, as you know, we all know the, the issues there are at PSG, that it's not the greatest midfield, it's not the greatest defence, and um, they still end up more often than not reliant on Mbappe. Um, yeah. So a lot might depend on... I mean, it's difficult to speculate now for a match in two or three months' time, but um, what form Mbappe's in, what fitness Mbappe's in, and, and how much he wants to anger his future employers. Yeah. So um, it's a winnable tie for PSG, but I think they probably would have preferred United. Yeah, yeah, and then, I mean, if you ask me, I know there weren't a huge number of choices because of how the draw works and not being able to play other English teams and stuff like that, but... Uh, I was not at all shocked that Chelsea got Lille and I was no. not at all shocked that they got them again. No um, way. The best thing for Lille is that everything's a free hit. Um, yeah. Didn't Govanek say as much? He's like, if we win, everyone will be like, wow, that's incredible. And if we lose, everybody will be like, well, we expected them to lose. So Exactly. And, you know, they, they've done, although it was always a, a, a group that they had a good chance of 
getting through. I'm not sure they'd have started necessarily as one of the two favourites and they didn't start the group well. And so to finish off winning the group mm. with, um, you know, a, a Bundesliga team, a La Liga team, team that's second in La Liga at the moment, um, and a, a you know decent Salzburg team there, I think, you know, you've got to give them a lot of credit for for topping their group. And, and yeah, now anything else that they get as a bonus, they're playing the... The reigning champions, of course, they're not expected to to do anything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they can sort of relax, and and maybe that will help them out. We know they've got some quality there. Um, there's a, you know, it won't necessarily be the same team. Mm. Um, you know, I think Newcastle, for example, may make a big play for Botman in January. Um, Icone, it looks like, may well be going to Fiorentina in January. So already there'll be some, there could well be some changes there. But in players like Yilmaz and like David, especially this year, they do have match winners there. So yeah. you never know. But yeah. Um, yeah, of course, Chelsea start as favourites. And of course, Chelsea were always going to get Lille. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And do you give Monaco um, and Ren, uh, well, I mean, you can lump Marseille into this if you like as well, but do you back? any of those three to go deep in their respective competitions. I think weirdly Monaco's style um, and youthful exuberance might be the pick of the bunch there, but then Ren have sailed through their group. Uh, Leon, we shouldn't forget as well, of course, you know, they belie their form in Liga and they've been brilliant in Europe, but I do wonder when they actually play somebody who's half decent, sorry for the clubs in their group, but yeah, I do wonder if they're going to go much further if they carry on the way they're in Liga. I think, as you said, I think with, Mar- with Marseille and Rennes, it might depend sort of how they go and Monaco maybe how they're going in the in the league. With Lyon, I mean, they they really need to start um, remembering sort of who they are and where they've mm. come from and that kind of thing. And and thirteenth is nowhere near good enough, and it's a very very slippery slope. Um, so, I think. Arguably, they should be focusing on 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 the league, but at some point they might jack it in and say, "Well, let let us put all our eggs in the in the Europa basket." You know, they 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 had a fantastic group stage, um, so possibly they might at some point think, "Well, that's our best route to Champions League," but it's a very dangerous game to play. Oh, um, hugely, especially with their, um, especially with I think their squad's quite thin. Personally, I know they've got. We all know they've got a lot of talented young players. It goes without saying, but they haven't, like, when Dembele went out injured again, for example, they're a different side up front, weren't they? And and although sort of OR can turn it on here and there and Toko Kambe's been good in Europe, like, I, I just can't help but think that group was a little bit poor, although they were good in it. And if they do play somebody with a, a very good tactical approach, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know, Peter Bosch's European experience, yeah. Just, just not sure. I don't know. I just, I feel like, not that I want to compare Arsenal and Spurs, but I just, I keep sort of thinking of Arsenal, Spurs and Lyon all in the same bracket. They just, they just seem so Flaky. weak mentally and so mm. sort of capable of being fantastic one week and awful the next. And, yeah. um, you know, I, We've had this conversation before because I know you're a fan of Bosch and I'm not necessarily, I, I think he plays pretty football, but I'm not oh. sure that he gets the results. And I think that's happened at times this year. And yeah, he's he's got limited resources and yeah, Dembele got injured and then Toko Kambi's got injured, but um, I'm not sure there's enough there. And they've been so reliant on, as you said, Lopez at one end and Paqueta on the other. Yeah, um, I, yeah I'm not sure that that's enough. But they still shouldn't be thirteenth either. Doesn't help when no. the fans aren't doing them any favors. No, no, it, no, it really doesn't. And that game, still, still, still they're going to replay it, aren't they? The Leon Marseille game. Yeah, I think they've lost. They've been deducted a point as well. Yeah, yeah, which doesn't help. Um, yeah, so I guess, I guess we'll see uh, in terms of the European teams. And like you said, it I've got a feeling. I think that because of the the way it's all done this year and. Um, I think it's maybe only the team sort of going down from the tournament up, going to a playoff. So I think we only know for sure who Marseille are playing next, which is Carabag. That's Again, right. Yeah. If they if they want to win that, 
they want to take it seriously i think you know it's a very very winnable tie and then it depends who 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 gets what kind of draw and maybe they'll take it from there but i think all the french clubs that are left i think should depending on their draw be able to look to go very far in the european competitions in which they're they're playing and then it's just a question of whether they want to or not yeah ironically it's psg i think have got the biggest challenge ahead and ironically because they've got the, the most amount of resources so yeah, they would be my my big concern with Real Madrid and everything that's going on with them and Ancelotti. But we shall see. Um, just before we leave uh, this weekend, there is no Liga. Uh, as you, uh, if you're a follower of Liga, you probably know by now. But we've got a slightly rare. Uh, the big guns come into the Coupe de France before Christmas situation this year. Um, I'm not going to go down all of the ties because there's lots of them, but just to pick out a few highlights on on Friday. Well, Thursday, the action gets underway, Valencia and Strasbourg. Friday, you've got Paris FC against Lyon, which has a sort of a, a touch of romance. Um, a couple just looking down, and, and feel free to chuck in any that you see as well, Jess. But Socho Nantes kind of jumps off the page at me as just a bit of an old-fashioned clash. Um, uh, we've got um, Toulouse-Nîmes, uh, Rennes-Lorient. Uh, I'm not looking forward to that, for obvious reasons. Lille Auxerre has a bit of an old-school vibe to it. Um, who else have we got here? Looks down the list. Um, PSG, just because everyone wants to know. Oh my goodness me, how are we pronouncing that, Jess? You're far better at these things than I. Oh, I wasn't too far away. Oh, well done, you though. Beautifully done. Uh, PSG, you'd imagine, will send a, a very young side to that particular game. Is there any others that you look down that list and uh, and look at? The team that Bordeaux are playing, that's a fantastic name. Uh, Le Jeune ou Zoussia? Is that how you pronounce that? I mean, there's, um, there's... trying to find that one. <laughs> there's, there's some fantastically named clubs. Bordeaux at no, they'd be away. Uh, yeah. No, they are at home uh, Sunday evening at, at 5.20. What a weird time for a kickoff. Jour um, de Mzoisia. Beautifully done. Okay. Without being sure i would guess that possibly that might be one of the um domton clubs maybe it's not from sort of metropolitan uh, france i don't know okay okay so so one of the really small sort of uh, smaller clubs then um yeah i yeah. mean apart from the ones you mentioned i'd say maybe gangon amias or two relatively oh, yeah. recently gang clubs yeah, who are struggling point. now um toulouse nîmes to also yeah. recent Ligue clubs playing each other um and then um, sort of a hipster match, maybe Red Star against Monaco, sort of Red Star very much kind of oh, yeah, sort of left-wing club playing yeah. the rich tax avoiders of Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> the tax avoiding, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, so, as you said, Social Nantes, I mean, historically... <laughs> In terms of sort of French clubs with great histories, that's that's a pretty special one. But obviously yeah. neither of them are, are right up there at the moment, but that could be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those looks good on paper. We'll see if it if it, it turns out that way on the pitch. But yeah, I think it uh, goes without saying. Uh, I'm sure if Phil was here, she would certainly be telling me. But I would go without uh, question that that John will be across these in an article over the weekend. I'm sure. So look out for his. Uh, his um, updates via, via blog on the Twitter f- feed. And uh, I would imagine uh, he'll be trying to get to a couple of those, if, if not one or, or one or two, if not three or four, depending upon how the, the kickoff times line up. So also we Saint-Etienne you know, playing at uh, Lyon Club, not Lyon. But oh, yes. The, 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 and, and just so for our listeners that don't know, is that like essentially from, from the same, well, you know, from, from Lyon, but almost what you would class as like the uh not the youth but the the suburbs of leon would that be yeah it's a suburb it's not it's not um their sort of youth team but you'd expect that it's one of those teams that if they've got any proper stars then and they're the kind of players that leon would probably coach yeah yeah makes sense yeah so excuse me if you are full hipster those are the games to be across this weekend. Uh, I think you might struggle to get any coverage in the UK. I don't think we get any Coupe de France, but uh, certain betting websites, you might be able to catch some of the action 
uh, quote unquote, please bet responsibly and all that. But um, yeah, if you want to catch them, that might be your best bet. Other than that, I think you're probably going to be reliant on Twitter feeds and John's blog for, for the uh, the results of those. Um, just before we go then, we will just uh, very quickly, we're not going to preview these, but we'll just run down the final league out card before the season uh, wraps up for the winter break uh, and then pending God knows what else happens with COVID next time. Hopefully, we'll be just back. To, in sorry, just to very quickly interrupt. For yes. example, Eric Abidal, um, Sabri Lamushi, a couple of names he used to play for Lyon La Duchère. Ah, splendid research. And Bayer Sal, who went on to play for Saint Etienne. Oh, Bayer Sal, there's a name from the past. So, uh, yeah, one to look out for the names for the future, maybe in those particular, particular games. Um, but names of the present, uh, the final Liga round before the winter break. This is on Wednesday, the 22nd of December, so a week tomorrow at time of recording. Uh, Bordeaux, Lille, Clermont, Strasbourg, Lorient, PSG, oh, for the love of God, Lyon, Metz, uh, Marseille, Reims, Monaco, Rennes, Montpellier, Angers, Nice, Lens, Saint-Étienne, Nantes, Antoine, Brest. At a first glance, there's about five or six of those games that look quite fun. So, uh, And they all kick off at the same time. So um, multi-screens will need to be in operation should you wish to follow all of those. And if you do, good luck, because it's very hard to follow two games at a time, let alone five or six. But best wishes on that one. Um, cool. OK, excellent. Well, I think uh, I think we've done well, Jess, between the two of us to to cover all of that information um the, the plan is dear listener we, we are hoping to try and align our schedules to get the kind of a review of the final games before christmas uh, in next week but um as is always the case and as we always say on this pod it, it just depends on work schedules family life etc um we aren't paid to do this spoiler alert so uh yeah if, if there is any sort of um time to get a pod in before christmas we will but if we don't uh, please don't hate us we will be back in the new year or we'll try and get something out over christmas so do bear with us um but yeah until then uh, obviously whatever games you are going to tune into at the weekend uh coupe de france or otherwise uh, please do keep it french uh, enjoy your french football and jess thank you very much for uh for your time this evening thank you And as I say, until then, enjoy your French football. We will speak to you very soon. Keep an eye on the Twitter feed and uh, hopefully we'll be back in your ears before Christmas one last time. Enjoy and we'll speak to you very soon.